Uh, my, my family, especially when I was back in Davenport, I always told my family, please take advantage of me. Meaning, if I can help you with something, I want to. And uh, my brother, when he's, a, he's a twin brother. You've met him a few times. He's not built the same way I am. Right? When it came, we were in the womb, we divided up all the qualities. I got all the healthy ones, and he got all the mental ones. Okay? He's, you look at the two, he, we just divide us evenly, and that's what we are. And so we work well together. Uh, we can't function well without each other. Uh, but he's moved a couple times in his life. And so I said, let me help you. I, I, got, I can lift heavy things. I can drive the U-Haul truck. I can help buy, stack things. Uh, whatever you need me to do physically, I'm there to do it. And, and so we, a lot of what I did for him occurred during the time when he was moving. Now, now he's returning the favor, though, because uh, he, he says take advantage of him. And so we do, in that way, I take advantage of his mental skills, meaning uh, computer stuff. You know, he can hook in from Idaho, and he can fix my computer. He can update my computer. The website that we have, if there's any changes that need to be made, I don't make them. I don't want to. I don't care. I don't know how. But he's more than happy to do those things. And so we have this give and take relationship. And I'm sure you say, if you think about it, you say that's the way it works in your family as well. My, my dad uh, has a house. I had a house in Davenport. We would swap favors. I would help him with his projects on his house and then turn around and he'd help me with mine. Uh, putting a new roof on my house, uh, doing electrical work, doing insulation, doing uh, windows, all sorts of things. We would just give and take relationship and we're taking advantage of each other and we both feel good about it. We both feel happy because uh, we're, we're both getting something but we're also giving something. But now when you think of getting taken advantage of, you know what comes to mind is those people who act like they're your best friend in order to get something. As soon as they get what they want, they're out of there. They don't even so much to say thank you, but they, they will just act like your best friend to get your candy if you're a kid at school or to get this favor. But when it comes time to repaying, there's nobody around. They don't say thank you, and they're gone until they need somebody. Anybody know anybody like that? Just makes you, makes you mad just thinking about that. Sorry about that. Uh, but there's a third category of people who might take advantage of us, and they're the, they're the people who we look and we say they can't help themselves. Uh, I think of somebody, either the older generation or somebody who's laid up because they were in a surgery, I got a busted arm or a busted leg, and they can't do anything, and they need help. And how many people are eager to go and help them? Right? We're eager to help them. We want to help people who can't help themselves. And those people, do we get mad if they, if they can't return the favor? If they, if they can't pay you for your services, if they can't say, okay, well, you shoveled my lawn, so my sidewalk, so now I'm going to mow your lawn? No, we don't. We just say we're happy to help them. They give you what they can. They give you their thanks. And, uh, and we're happy with that. In today's story, uh, the, it's the story of the, the ten lepers. And you have ten people who are all healed of the same thing, and you have nine of them who are acting like the person who wants to use and abuse you to take advantage of you, and that's all that they want. But you find that there is one person who says, I, I have, I'm in a situation, I can't do this on my own, I need somebody's help, Jesus is the person I'm going to ask, and all I can do is to say thank you. And what does Jesus say? He's, he's, he appreciates that, right? He doesn't say, now wait a second, you've got to return this, you've got to in kind make this up to me. He's, he's just happy to hear, thank you for what you did for me. They needed to give God thanks. We need to give God thanks as well. So that's what, again, what we're going to be looking at today is the very simple truth of giving God thanks. And we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. 
So first thing is we all have needs, and we should look to God for help, right? Not, we all have needs, we should look to God for help. And that's exactly what these, these men did. Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 13. So now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going to a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. So Jesus is in the northern part of Galilee. Or, or I guess, let me back that up. There's the northern part of Galilee, there's the southern part of, of Samaria, and Jesus is kind of walking on the border between the two. Which city is he going to? I don't know. But he's, he's ultimately going to go down south and go to Jerusalem. And as he's walking on the border, he, from a distance, ten men start calling, Jesus, have mercy on us. These men had leprosy. I, I know we've, we've seen pictures of it. People are missing their toes, people are their fingers, their toes. People have bumps. They, they just are in a very sad situation. They have white spots, and people want to stay away from them because they don't want that kind of disease. Back then, it was, it was worse. They thought it was very contagious, and so people had to keep their distance, and they would have to be calling here from about 50 yards away. Now, I don't know how loud you have to yell to yell 50 yards away or, or 150 feet, but these guys are yelling, Jesus, have mercy on us, because they recognized who Jesus was. I'm sure they knew stories that Jesus had done miracles, Jesus had taught people, Jesus had fed 5,000 people, and they said, we got to go to this guy for help but we got to keep our distance. You had to stay 50 yards upwind from somebody just in case the wind was going to carry something as far as what you had to somebody else. That was enough time, I guess, for it to hit the ground before it actually got to the people. And so that was kind of their distance. And they had a situation. They had leprosy, and they could do absolutely nothing about it except for ask Jesus for help. And you find out that there is at least one Samaritan, verse 16, says, uh, when, after he was healed, he threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. So I'm guessing that there are nine Jews and one Samaritan. There might be eight Jews and two Samaritans, but at least one uh, Samaritan. And this is the, the guy who ultimately comes back, and he tells Jesus, thank you for what he did. But first of all, they have a situation they cannot do anything about, and they need help, so they go to God. Now, uh, we are really no different from them. We, we're going to find ourselves in situations where we need God's help, and we need to go ask him. Now, obviously, nobody in here has leprosy, at least not anything that I can see. I don't see anybody with missing parts of their ears or white spots. Everybody's here, and everybody looks like they're healthy, right? And I would assume that's the way it is. But we need, we need help as well from God. Now, every week before I get up here, like during, while I work on a message, I pray and say, God, could you please give me the understanding of what this says. Can you please give me the ability to make it clear? Can you please make my mouth work? Because sometimes I get stuttering and I get uh, tripping over my own mouth uh, just because that's the way I am. But I ask God, could you please help me? Now, obviously, you guys say that's not in the boat that I'm in. Now, when I was, when I was thinking about this, I was, you, know, you try to come up with examples that fit everybody. I was thinking about uh, the only person here I could pick on is Annika, even though it's not even quite her time to do this. But when kids get into high school, they start thinking about what college I'm going to go to, right? And Annika is going to have to decide if she's going to go to college and which college she's going to go to. And if she needs to figure out what to do, what does Annika need to do? She needs to ask God for help. 
just like every other high school kid that's not here today needs to do if they're going to figure out, they need to ask God what college I need to go to because there are a lot of colleges across the United States, some close to home, some far, far away. Even in Hawaii, you can go to college. You can go across the sea and go to a, a college in Europe, but we need to ask God for his help, for, to, for wisdom. Uh, some people need, are, are going to find themselves in a position where they need to make a business deal. Uh, do I go into business with this person? Uh, do I even work with this person? Do I accept the proposal that they need to make? If you're in that situation, uh, what do you need to do? I need to ask God for help. Right? I need to ask God, what do you think I need to do? Even if I think I need to know what I need to do, I need to ask God, what do I need to do? If you have a, dis a change you need to make in your life, even if it's a, a habit in your life you need to break and you need help to do that, what do I need to do? Ask God for that help. Very simple. So when you need help, ask him. Get on your knees and pray. Go into the closet. When you're in the shower and it comes to mind, start asking God for help. When you're driving down the road and it comes to mind, ask him for help. Wherever you are at, ask God for help, right? You're in a situation, I don't know what to do. It might be even a medical condition. I need to ask God for help. But the thing is, not everybody likes really asking God for help. Anybody have any ideas why that might be? Uh, I have a couple ideas why I think, because I don't want to pray about it. Because when I pray about something, God doesn't audibly talk to me like I talk to him. Right? If God did, wouldn't that make it a whole lot easier? Right? If I get on the telephone or I talk to him in person, it's going to be a whole lot easier. Um, sometimes we, we know we might find the answer in the Bible, and I don't want to look for that answer. You know, the, what's the Bible say about anything, you know, and, and try to find a situation and see what God wants me to do. Uh, you know, sometimes we just don't want God's help because he might give us an answer we don't want, right? I want to go to this college. I don't want to ask God because he might send me somewhere else. What's everybody's fear when they get married? I want to ask God who's, who I'm going to marry. No, he's going to give me the ugliest girl, the, the dumbest guy, right? He's not going to want me to be happy. We're afraid of that, but that's not really the way it works. A lot of people prefer trial and error, right? I, I'm going to just try this option that didn't work. Okay, I'm going to try something else because they want to figure it out on their own. Some people say, I'd rather go talk to the people I can see. I'd rather go talk to my family. I'd rather go talk to my friends. Now, I honestly think that's a good idea to talk to your family, talk to your friends. That's what I do. But what should you do first? Go to God first and say, God, I need help. I'm going to go and talk to my wife about this issue. I don't know what to do. And God could use her to give me the exact words that I need to hear. Or, the, or God could somehow work in that. But the important thing is if you need help, you go to God first. Don't wait until you've exhausted every other option first before I decide what I'm going to do. I go straight to God, and then I, see, I try to go the direction that he's given me to go. But when we ask, James 1.5 uh, talks about asking for wisdom. And he's talking, when James wrote this, he's talking to people who are scattered, Jews are Christians, because of persecution. And they're in a, this, this situation where they're facing persecution and they don't know how to handle it. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. And he says, if you lack wisdom, here's what you need to do. You need to ask God. And the same applies for us in whatever situation we are in. If we need wisdom, if we need help, we need to ask God. But he says, if you're going to ask, you have to believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea that goes back and forth by every wind. You, you, this idea sounds good, 
No, this idea sounds good. Whoever I'm talking to, I'm going whatever direction because I really am not settled on what I'm supposed to do. So when you ask, you have to believe. Because I don't think God's eager to say, uh, Leslie, I, I know you're not going to listen to my advice, so I'm going to give it to you. I don't think he's eager to give us the wisdom we need if we're not going to pay attention to it. So we have to believe and not doubt. If you ever find yourself in a situation where you say, gee, I have no idea what to do. I don't even know what to pray. Uh, there's this really great couple verses in Romans chapter 8, verses 26 to 27. It says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. The Holy Spirit is interceding for you. You say, I don't know what to pray for. The Holy Spirit will intercede for you in accordance with God's will. Like, I think this is what Josh means, right? This is what Josh wants is for your will to be done. So I'm going to translate that and say this is what he's looking for. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for him, uh, for the saints, in accordance with God's will. You don't know what to pray for? That's okay. Lift up that prayer anyway and say, God, please give me the wisdom, and he's going to help make sure that happens. So we all have situations in our life where we're going to need help. I wish I could say I was self-sufficient in everything. I'm very not self-sufficient, right? I can barely cook for myself. I, I mentioned last week I cannot fix a car. Um, you know, I, it's just the way I was built. I need people, and I think everybody in the world needs somebody for some reason. So we are, no, there are no lone rangers. You're going to find yourself in a situation of need. When you ask and God gives you an answer, you need to obey what he's telling you to do. That's exactly what the lepers found themselves doing. Luke chapter 17, verse 14. It says, when he saw them, meaning Jesus, he said, go yourselves to the priest, and as they went, they were cleansed. Now, these guys did not get the, an answer, I bet, that they were hoping for. Because Jesus can speak the words, be healed, from a distance. He can speak it across the continent, and it would work. And here you have these guys, they're being told to go and show the, the priest. Or, or go and show themselves, um, yeah, to, to show that they are cleansed. And I'm, they're probably looking at each other like, okay. Uh, I'm still missing my fingers. I still have these white spots. I still have these bumps. And they're probably discussing among themselves, what do we, wait, wait a second. You know what? It's, it's hard to go show myself to the priest. I've already done that. It was already awkward because they're the ones who determine if I'm clean or if I'm not. They're the ones who cast me out of here. And I'm supposed to go and show myself to the priest. And I can picture them in a huddle discussing, what are we going to do? Is this really what we're going to do? But someone says, you know what? We came in and we asked Jesus. And Jesus is able to heal, and we know he's able to do this, and this is what he told us to do, so we're going to do this. So one person steps out, says, okay, I'm going to go. And he starts to walk. And then the rest of the guys say, well, I guess Jesus said to do this. Let's start doing this. And as they start going, they start to recognize that the healing's starting to take place. The white spot on my arm is starting to go away. The bumps on my face are starting to disappear. Because uh, Leprosy can cause blindness. Maybe somebody's sight is starting to come back. The closer that they get, they start feeling that they are getting better. But how did that happen? They, had, they, they were told what to do, and they put it into practice, and so they're reaping the, the benefits of obedience. They're doing exactly what Jesus said to do. And I bet these guys started out as a walk, like, this is stupid. This is crazy. I can't believe I'm doing this. And once they start realizing what is going on, I bet they started in a dead run. 
closer I get, the better I'm going to get. I, I can't believe this is happening. And so they start to run as fast as they can, and they get to the priest's door to show them, look at me, because that's what they were told to do. And when it comes to us, the same thing is going to apply. If Jesus gives you an answer, guess what you need to do? You need to put it into practice. No matter how crazy it sounds, we need to say, okay, God, I'm going to do this. Uh, you find out in the Bible uh, different people who have, who have prayed and they did what God asked them to do and it turned out. Uh, Elijah, he's on Mount Carmel in 1 Kings 18. He prayed and God brought down fire and it consumed everything. Right? He had had this little competition with these prophets of Baal about whose God was real, and he prayed, and it, it disappeared. Right? I mean, it just got torched. God just totally took care of it all. And you go, oh, yeah, of course. He's in the Bible. It always works out in the Bible. He was supposed to do that. I don't think that made it just easy to do that because he's still human. Uh, I mean, you think about the characters in the Bible. Uh, I can't take credit for, for all of this, but... Um, Someone pointed out that Elijah, he was depressed. He was a human. I think it was at the deacon meeting. We're talking about different people in the Bible, how they relate to us. I mean, anybody here ever deal with depression? He was depressed, so it wasn't like it was just cut and dry easy for him. Noah, he, he did this great big thing. He built this ark, and then he got off the boat. They, the, uh, he grew a, a, a grape vineyard, ended up getting drunk, right? Uh, you have David. He committed, he did great things. He Killed the, the, the giant. He was leading God's people. He was God's chosen man, uh, a man after his own, his own heart. He was a man who committed adultery. He was a man who murdered. Meaning these are just ordinary, average people. They just said, okay, God, I'm going to put this into practice. And I say that only because it's easy, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, that's in the Bible. Everything worked out. So I've got a couple examples of not in the Bible examples where I feel like somebody put their faith into practice, and God says, okay, I'm going to bless this. Uh, Leslie's grandma, the one that you have met, uh, the one that sang up here, uh, a long time ago, before I knew her, before I knew Grandpa, because uh, this is her second husband. Grandpa died a couple years ago. Uh, he uh, was down in Oregon, and he had blood all over his brain. And the doctor took 200 pictures of his brain, trying to figure out where is this coming from. Obviously, it is not supposed to be there. And they're having this little discussion about uh, Grandpa and what are they going to do. And Grandma says a very bold thing, uh, are you a Christian? He goes, uh, I don't know. And she's thinking, okay, obviously you're not if you don't know. But she said, we're going to pray about this. And so she got huddled together with her family and with the doctor, and they prayed about Grandpa. And then the doctor went back to look, and everything was gone. Okay, And that's a miracle. You think, wow, that's awesome. But, I mean, that's the point that I want to bring out is that Grandma had to, I mean, perhaps God put it on her heart, Grandma, you need to bring this up in prayer. And you need to do it with these people, including the doctor. And, it, and because she did that, she was able to reap the benefit of this prayer. Do you think it was easy for her to do that? I don't think so. I mean, it's hard for us to get up in here, and we're all on the same side, we all love each other, and we're going to pray, and it's difficult. Let alone with a doctor who's super worldly smart, knows how to fix everything, but Grandpa said, I mean, Grandma said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this act of faith. I'm going to pray. And then she's able to reap the benefit of it because she was willing to take this step. You guys get the idea? Annika, I think about you. Uh, this next one, only because I, I just want to pick on you, I guess, today. Uh, remember the milk jug? Okay, that's why. Okay, that's the only thing that has to specifically 
But I remember Annika remembering that like a year later. But uh, a year ago or two years ago when I was here, uh, I had this example of a milk jug. And about this guy who was at a Bible study, wanted to be used by God. And as he's going home, he feels like God wants him to go buy a gallon of milk. And so he's like, okay, that's easy enough to do. I'll go to the store and buy a gallon of milk. And then he's feeling like God wants him to drive down this street and that street. And it's dark and pull up in front of a house. And he's thinking like, you've got to be kidding me. You want me to get out of this car, go up to this house and give this gallon of milk to these people? The lights are off. They're going to think I'm crazy for doing this. But he's like, okay, I'm going to do this. And he took the gallon of milk and inside... Once he knocked on the door, people kind of came rushing, speaking Spanish and different things, and they said, are you an angel of God? Because we have been praying for this gallon, um, for milk. Our baby needs milk. We didn't know what to do. All we could do was pray. But because he was faithful, God was able to bless him and bless this family in that kind of situation. And, and doing those kinds of things sound nuts. It sounds absolutely crazy. Just like you're going to go show yourself to the priest. Jesus could have said, hey, you're healed. And they're like, uh, what does that really have to do with this, right? It has nothing to do with this, but they said, okay, we're going to go. And because they were willing to take God's at his word, they got to reap the benefit of what he said, uh, of even whatever he was going to do. If he's going to half heal them or completely heal them, they only got to experience that because they were willing to trust him with the answer that he gave. So we all have situations where we need God's help. When God gives you the answer, we need to obey it. And then when God answers, what do we need to do? Give God thanks. That's exactly the truth. Uh, and that's what these one uh, leper did. Verse 15 to 19. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, uh, kind of like, what about the rest of the ten? Weren't they cleansed as well? Where are the other nine? Was, not one of, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Okay, one out of ten, ten percent of these guys came back. Only one. I imagine this guy ran, he's ran, he got there, he's completely healed. He knows he's supposed to go see the priest. Uh, Leviticus 13 talks about, the, the issues, Leviticus 14 talks about this is what you're supposed to do once you're cleansed. These are the sacrifices you're supposed to make. But he got to the doorstep. Instead of going farther, he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back, and I'm going to tell Jesus thank you. And you, you find no mention of these other guys. What did they do? They saw the priest. They probably went home and were excited. Hey, look at me. I'm healed. I'm cleansed. But they never went back and told Jesus thank you. Now, when this guy went back, uh, something kind of interesting, you find out that you had 10 men in uh, verse 12, and then it says that they called out in a loud voice. The, the King James says they lifted up their voices. And I'm sure they were loud about it. I told you, I don't know how far you, how hard it is to yell uh, 50 yards, how far you have to actually yell for somebody to hear you, hear you at that distance. So I'm sure that they were loud, trying to get Jesus' attention. They need this help. But you find out that uh, this one leper all by himself, he yelled in a loud voice, which was actually a loud voice. You take the two Greek words and you put them together, you get the word megaphone. Okay, so I'm thinking that you had ten loud guys asking for Jesus' help, but you have one guy who's louder than the ten put together. And what is he doing? 
He is praising God all the way back. He's loud and he's proud. He's excited about, look at me. Thank you, God. And he's going to tell Jesus, but he's loud and he's excited about it because he had a situation. He could do nothing about it. Jesus healed him, and he wants to make sure he, Jesus knows that he is thankful and he's praising God for it at the same time. This is exactly what we need to do. You don't need to necessarily run through the, the halls of the church yelling at a loud voice so that everybody hears that you have the voice like a megaphone praising God, but we need to let God know, and I think it's even valuable to let other people know how great God is when he did something uh, in an answer to our prayers uh, that we, we need to help with. And these can be everyday kind of situations. Now I recognize that the, the guy with leprosy, it was not an everyday situation, right? This was like a once-in-a-lifetime thing Jesus did for him, and he's very excited about it. But we, we more than likely are going to find ourselves in a situation every day where we can give God thanks. For example, when my kids get to school safe and they come back home, I can say, thank you, God, for keeping my kids safe, right? Just something they do every single day, I can tell him thank you. When, I, when he gives me help to put my message together, to finally get it out on a Sunday morning, I can personally tell God thanks. Uh, when he keeps me healthy, or how about uh, anybody here ever pray, God, please keep me safe or protect us while we sleep during the night? I do that. But I don't always wake up and say, hey, thank you, God, that you kept me safe through the night, right? I needed that. I asked you to do that. Uh, but I can just, just as easily, when I wake up, say, okay, my house is still here. We're all still alive. Uh, thank you that you protected us during the night, everyday situations that we could face. But there are the major situations in life that we can, the out of the ordinary that we can tell God thank you for. A major life decision that I need to make. I don't know what to do. I prayed. I asked God. I talked to people. I felt like God gave me this answer. And so I'm going to tell him thank you. It wasn't what I wanted or it was what I wanted, but God gave me the answer. I'm going to tell him thank you. Health issues that we might have. Giving God the praise and the thanks for what he did. Because it took something of God to do in order for, for somebody to be healed. We need to remember to tell God, thank you for this. And even our eternal life, we can tell God, thank you every single day. Leslie's grandpa, uh, before he passed away, even, I don't know how long he did this, but I knew him for about 12 years uh, when I was dating Leslie, when I first married Leslie, before I was, when I became a youth pastor, throughout my whole time of knowing him, like I'm just some dumb kid that likes his granddaughter, he prayed and he said, thank you, Jesus, for salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me, the, for paying for my sins that I didn't deserve. Every, he wasn't trying to impress me. I was just a nobody, right? But he always said, thank you, Jesus, for my salvation in some form or another because he really meant it. And then we can do the same thing as well because there's not ever a point where Jesus says, okay, I'm tired of hearing that or we've said thank you enough. I mean, we're not repaying him, but we still should remember the debt of the, that we owe, the salvation that he gave us that we did not deserve. We need to continually tell him thank you. Uh, the last part of this, when, when Jesus healed this guy, verse 19, he says, go, uh, right, he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Now this, in one of the commentaries, was, has, can be translated, go, your faith has saved you. Okay, and that's, that's true. Either way you look at it, it's true. Uh, your faith has made you well. It took an a, a act of obedience on this leper's part to start to go. If he would have stayed there and said, I'm not leaving here, or I'm going the other direction, guess what he would have still had? 
he still would have had leprosy. So there's a point where he had to go, and God was able to work in his life as he went. And so his faith uh, did save him physically. I mean, it helped him to improve in a physical way to be like a brand new man. But also I think it could be that his faith has saved him, meaning Jesus knows what this guy was like when he was there. He knows what this guy's faith was like, and when he came back, Jesus knows that if his heart is different. If, if, if because of, during his thankfulness, he's realizing, I really do need to put my faith in Jesus, I really do need to trust God, Jesus knows that there is a difference in his life. His faith has saved him. So I think we're going to see this guy up in heaven someday, and he's going to have that story to say, you know what it was like when I was down there? You know how hard it was to move? I was the 10th guy to go because I couldn't believe that this was happening. Or I was the first guy to go, or I was just somewhere in the middle, but I took that step of faith, and look what, I mean, it was amazing what Jesus did in his life. You know, I found myself in the same situation as this leper. Uh, No, I didn't have leprosy. No, I, I can't say that, but I found myself in a situation where I had a problem, and I couldn't do anything about it. And that problem is something that we all have a problem with. That problem is sin. I am a sinner, and I'm sorry to tell you, and you all have heard this before, we are all sinners. Romans 3.23 says that we are all sinners. And I couldn't do anything about that. And Jesus knew I couldn't do anything about that. He knew that my punishment was hell. He knows that's what I deserve. That's what I was going to get. But he says, you know what, Josh? For as wicked as you are, you have this problem you can't do anything about. If you're willing to trust me, if you're, going to, if you're willing to take that step of obedience, I will save you. And that's what it took. Uh, I, I turned to Jesus, I asked him for my salvation, I asked him to forgive me for the bad things that I did, and I got eternal life. I was in exactly the same boat as this leper, and there was nothing I could do, but Jesus said, I'm, I've made a way. And so I trusted Jesus as my Savior, and now I have eternal life. And if you say, you, if, you, if it even crosses your mind, I really don't know if I know Jesus as my Savior, then I would encourage you to make that right today, because you're just in the same boat as me, just as in the same boat as this leper, you have a problem in your life. You cannot do anything about it, okay? But Jesus wants to do something about it. But in order for you to have it made right, you need to ask him to make that right, and he'll give you that salvation. And if you say, you know what, Josh, I've been saved longer than you've been alive. That's okay. Um, what we need to do is to tell God thank you for that salvation because you can never give God enough thanks. So I just want to challenge you. We have the, the Thanksgiving week coming up, or in a couple weeks. It's the month of of November, where Thanksgiving becomes a really big deal, unless you go to Walmart and they skip over that. They went from Halloween directly to Christmas. I, I just want to encourage you to say, you know, as we say, thank you to our veterans. Thank you for uh, fighting for our freedom. When we have Thanksgiving dinner, we say, thank you, God, for what you've given us to, to make sure that you remember that every day is a day to give thanks for our salvation, for whatever answer God gives us. Uh, I just want to encourage you to remember to, to always to give God thanks. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that you are a big God. God, that you are a loving God, that you care so much about us. We don't deserve all the good things you give us. I know uh, you caused your, your sun shine to shine on the righteous and the unrighteous. You caused the rain to fall. The snow that's falling is, is on those who love you and those who don't love you alike. And I thank you, God, that you provide us with what we need even when we don't deserve it. God, I thank you for the answers in my life that I can think back of, of what I prayed and that even the times where I've had to take a step of obedience when I was afraid, and I'm sure there are other people in here. God, I thank you that you have proved yourself faithful. 
I thank you for the example of these lepers that they were willing to just to obey, just to take a step and just to start to recognize your working in this. And God, I know everybody in here is different. Everybody has different life situations. And every, everything you tell us to do is probably going to seem like a crazy thing to do because it's not something that's happened before. But I pray that you give us the faith and the courage to do the right thing and that you would bless that uh, however you deem best. In Jesus' name.